Hello, this is Dave. Welcome to episode one of Reboot IT, the Association Technology Podcast. I thought nothing could be more appropriate in episode one than taking a little walk down memory lane with two of the best people I know. So set the Wayback Machine, Sherman, or was it Peabody? We're going to go into the past and then come back to the present. It's Reboot IT, the Association Technology Podcast, brought to you by Delcor. And now your host, Delcor president and Star Trek aficionado, Dave Coriel. So this is funny. The first podcast I was involved with was probably 12 years ago with the American Society of Plastic Surgeons because... At that point, IT owned everything that got plugged in, right? So they came to IT and they said, we want to start a podcast. So I named it Plastipod, which they've renamed since then, I'm <laughs> quite sure. But uh, that was that was a long time ago um, before podcasts really were the thing that they are today. So I thought it would be fun to kind of start our podcast series off with looking back a little bit at Delcor talking about some of, of our association community thoughts and then thinking about the future. So who better to start that with than my extremely longtime partners in crime here, Loretta DeLuca and Brian Sheehan. I want to kind of jump right in. You guys good with that? Sure. Good. All right. Perfect. Um, how long have we been together, the three of us? I mean, think about it. Well, I hate to say this. I've been around the longest. <laughs> 35 years and Dave you're at 30 I'm rounding everything off here and Brian is at 25 so it's a long time and before we were together we were all kind of doing similar things just in different companies I had a company like yours up at Syracuse and I was doing D-Base in Novell you were doing R-Base in Novell and Brian you were I was in uh, Fairfax, Virginia. I was doing IT consulting for law firms. Law firms. All things, yes. Which kind of ties us into a conversation we're going to have in a minute about our beginnings and so on. But um, I thought it'd be quick to say, you know, finish this sentence. We've been together so long that I remember when... We've been together so long that I remember when Dave and I were in a computer closet or a telco closet rebuilding a Novell file server together, regenerating the operating system after it crashed. I'm trying to remember who that was for. I remember uh, the closet. Yeah, it was, and it was hot. Um, there was no air conditioning. It was, it was after, you know, hours. I mean, literally like 1030 at night. I think Loretta brought us Chinese food, didn't she? I think so. I have memories of that. She yeah. she, she felt sorry for. She's yeah. like, I've got to do something. Yeah. These poor guys. She dropped some Chinese off for. Well, us. at that point, I might have even uh, started to help out because we've been together so long that I and I don't say this in a in a proud way. I say it in a kind of scary way that I was one of the first people in the D.C. area to become a gold Novell reseller. So I was doing local area network implementations at the time myself, and when you came along, Dave. We were still doing work for non-association clients at the time. And do you remember the time that we went down to the law firm and you and I were crawling under the desks? Right. And I'm wearing a suit. Right. And putting the cables in. And then the woman, the older woman who had her typewriter and she was literally holding <laughs> on to it when we were trying to replace it, saying she didn't want to let go of her typewriter. But 
frankly, she was sort of right. Do you remember that? Because doing labels and things like that at the time was kind of difficult. Right, right. The, the IBM Selectric 3 or something like that she had. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you remember when uh, we put together, I believe it was um, the Net Hopper, where oh, we yeah. literally had to take landlines, combine five of them to create a ability for uh, the organization to get out and get internet yeah, across and, and the whole network. When we showed him how you can use Gopher and Telnet to get to servers in um, libraries in Europe, they were worried about their long distance bill. <laughs> I remember they said, what are you doing? That's going to cost so much in long distance. I said, no, 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 you've, you've missed the point of all this. And then we had to get email working over the internet. That was, that was great. Well, enough memory lane. Because you touched on something. You mentioned you were at law firms, Brian Loretta. You mentioned that we were working with non-association clients. And what, were, what was our first, when I came in, we were doing um, CPA firms and insurance agencies and law firms. Is that right? Those were the three main targets? or Well, yeah, we were doing those. but And insurance was definitely a target because that's the only other job I've had in my life part-time working for Mass Mutual. And so I knew people then. So that seemed to be a natural target audience for us. But frankly, when I first started in business, it was doing custom R-based programming for just about anybody who needed it done. Because I had set up a relationship with the person who was running R-based for MicroRim in the area, so he was passing along just clients that needed that work done. And I think you're gonna ask in a minute, so I won't say anything about the associations. I remember that. Uh, so, so for folks who are under 50 that might be listening, <laughs> you don't know what R-based yeah. is. Um, like I said earlier, I was programming a language called DBase, which was made by Ashton Tate. RBase was MicroRim. MicroRim. RBase um, was kind of the third cousin to DBase. It, it wasn't, you know, mo most business systems were written in DBase at the time, so you kind of have a niche. Right, that's in what the market. Did. Yeah, because it was a newer product and nobody was around programming in it. And like you were writing apps, I remember one of the ones that uh, I wrote in Syracuse was around a deli. So it was, there were two things, a point of sale for a computer system, and one was for a deli so that they could prep, they could put in their orders for the day, and then they would know how much cheese they had to order and how many, you know, rolls they had to order and stuff for, for the day's prep. And you look back at that point, and I think in any of our, our businesses, or in, in the beginning of Delcor, right, where we would do anything for anyone that would pay us to do something we knew how to do. And then once we got to a certain stage, it seemed like, and I do remember this very clearly, when, when you, Loretta, came and said, we have a nonprofit client and we started working with them. And, and I know what my memory was. What was the big difference in your memory of, of why we were so enamored or what we thought about the nonprofits when we first started working with them? Well, do you want to take a small step back? Do you want to talk about when we started working with them or why? Well, it was a, it was a late 80s, early 90s. It was late 80s. Yeah. I think the very first nonprofit that, that I had, I think it might have even been before you joined, was the, I think it was the National Paint Contractors yeah, I don't down that. in D.C. Yeah. And I thought, oh, you know, that's nice. What is an association, basically, type of thing? And um, then... We did work all over Georgetown University campus, and I think the first official association clients that we had after that was an education-based association that was affiliated with Georgetown. And we just got a very different sense, at least I did, of working with this, these people who were driven for, for totally different reasons than the businesses that we had worked for. I can't tell you how opposite associations are from people in insurance agencies or law firms even. 
I, I definitely remember that. And I remember it was um, Loretta either saying, or it, we were in a meeting together, or she just brought it up nonchalantly and said, this is our market. We need to focus on this. And it, it really stuck with me after that. And and, and I think it's been it's been fantastic ever since. But it was an amazing decision or you know, amazing insight into where we wanted to take the organization, our, our company. So great. I, I think you got a sense that you were getting yourselves involved in a community right from the start. Absolutely. And what I noticed through the years, which was amazing, is there's an association for everything, a nonprofit for everything. And the, the different causes that we were involved in as we went through and supported these particular organizations just was fantastic. And I remember the uh, one of the key differences was with the law firms and with the CPA firms, it, was, it wasn't a budget. It was, if we spend this and invest in IT, we don't get to take it home with us at the end of the year right versus associations had a budget so not only were they nice folks with good causes but they had a budget to spend on it so it didn't seem like we were spending nearly as much time i hate to say but arguing about whether or not the investment was worth it for the organization as we were about what are you trying to accomplish and helping them have really at that point it was really just about stability and connectivity more so than anything about strategy because there was no internet there was no you know, it was about operations and, and, and transactional stuff internally, right? Yes. I remember that when we, we really kind of turned our focus and stopped focusing so much on um, the insurance. We went, did we go to an insurance trade show once? Did we exhibit at an insurance trade show? I don't think we ever did that, but we started doing work. Remember, we went down the whole path of working with the, with the home agencies. Like, we yeah. literally went to the, I went to the headquarters in Mass, at Mass Mutual up in Springfield, we went down to the home office, the agency down in uh, Fort Lauderdale, and did network implementation there, if you remember that. And so we started going down that path. Yeah, that was kind of funny. But yeah, we, we very easily left everything behind when we got involved in the associations. And thinking back on it just right now, that was kind of different and unique, the fact that we literally left it behind and just stayed in this space. I do, and speaking, taking us back to remember when, one of the first associations that we supported, you know, from a um, IT perspective, I remember they had a conference out in Las Vegas, and we all, all three of us went out to the conference. I think we exhibited. We were so excited. That was one of the first times we've traveled. Yeah, that was for the Employee Relocation Council, yeah, yeah. who is still a client with of ours over, what, how long has that been? Oh, my goodness. It's been... That was like 90 or 91? Yes. It's a long time. Yeah. 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 And Naive Little Us brought 5,000 company brochures because there were <laughs> going to be 5,000 people at the conference. <laughs> we were so giddy. It was hilarious. And the memory of Brian standing in the doorway saying, take one, take one. <laughs> well, that's, we had to get rid of them. We can't ship them back. We get them back. Right. right. That was literally our first conference experience. And we were so clueless. And we thought to ourselves, we're in Las Vegas. We're going to have such a great time. And at the end of the night, we or the end of the yeah. show, we were so yeah. done. And we were so young at the time. We could not even think about going out. It was so tiring. And we quickly learned an appreciation for those who do this for a living. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how they put their shows on. But that's that's, that's a lot of... There's, we could probably do 45 hours on memories of being young and and learning. We'll, we'll say <laughs> learning experiences that we had uh, back in the beginning. But uh, we've seen a lot of changes 
in the last 30 years, 30 plus years in the association community. And I'm curious what you two think about some of the big changes are or the most significant changes are you think A, in the community and B, in technology itself since those days? Biggest changes. I mean, I'll take one piece of that because one that, that I really remember was when everybody pivoted from a technology perspective and that was, or started to, and that was everybody moving to the cloud or organizations first becoming aware of the cloud and how, and what the value and how it could help the organization. And our, that was, I believe 08 was maybe the start of that, 2008. Not to interrupt you, but yeah. I remember doing a session at an ASAE conference as to whether it made sense for organizations to move their things to the cloud, right? Yeah. At the time, yeah. where it was such a big question still. Yeah, and I mean, as Loretta says, it was it wasn't just hey, here's a cloud. It was literally having to sell the cloud and what the values were, and, and bringing and even exposing individuals and organizations to it because there was they had no idea. Yeah, and look where we are today. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think there was a lot of um, fear of the cloud in the beginning, right? We had to explain to people. You know, change is hard, but then when you take something that you used to physically hold in your own building and then move it to somewhere else where you can't ever visit it or see it, that was a really hard thing for people to get it and wrap their minds. So that was a, that sounds like it's both a technology change and a culture shift for the community itself, right? Yeah, I agree. Another big change came about, I believe, when .NET was introduced to the space in the early 2000s, I think 2001. And again, I remember doing that session at ASAE and it was packed, remember? Everybody yeah. would think, what's .NET, et cetera? And all the vendors jumping on board or not. And that sort of defined which vendors were going to be moving farther ahead than the others if they did adopt the new technology. And I think that the vendors that, who serve the association community have come so far in the technology that has enabled them to, it's all becoming like one intermingled system out there, whether it's your CRM tying into the web, e-commerce, social media, it's all becoming one big unit right now. And the fact that technology is ubiquitous at this point is a huge change and an enabler for organizations right now. I, I totally agree with that. And it's, I was going to say application awareness, but you, but you said it way more eloquent. What do you mean by that application awareness? That the applications became aware of other applications were able to talk to each other. The old speak was APIs, using an API for one application to talk to another. But nowadays, application developers, uh, CRM, AMSs, they're all thinking about how can we connect with other, um, you know, information or technology or applications within the, within the network. So that's been a big, big, big shift. One of the things that is actually more recent, unfortunately, and I've been sort of preaching about this for years and telling vendors to stop trying to do the latest and greatest and build all the new fun features and functionality and bells and whistles into their systems and focus on actually making use of all the data that's out there. There's a wealth of data that organizations have, and only in recent years have organizations started to actually use it to help them make business decisions going forward. So I'm really happy to see all the analytics that are starting to take place in organizations. So that's a big change that's coming about. And that's more free, uh, more recent. Yeah, and to that same, I had that under AI, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that, that will be interesting. I mean, I think there's still a lot of ground to cover within that the technology and the ability to 
for the organizations to take that intellectual property, all that data that they've collected over the many, many years, and then leverage that to better help, you know, their constituents for sure. And a huge thing, sort of, it, it's an overarching kind of a theme, is that where technology used to be used as a, literally as a tool to get a task accomplished, organizations, associations are now starting to look at technology as a means to actually accomplish their strategic objectives, which, again, has been evolving, but only in recent years. Yeah, I feel like for years and years, right? So we've, we've been we've been in technology a long time. My undergrad was computer science, right? So data structures, application development, languages, like interaction between systems. We This, this is ancient history. We, we had courses in artificial intelligence back in the 80s. We were writing in Lisp was the name of the language. And I feel like, and I'm just pushing back a little on the thought because I still feel like there's been a promise for 30 years of this, you know, like integrations happening more easily, systems talking to each other, businesses running more effectively and efficiently and making better decisions based on what they can get out of their technology. I still feel like we're not there though. We're, we're just still at like the tip of the iceberg at getting that stuff right as a community and as technology folks. I agree with that. I think you're right. And, and I'll rephrase what I said. There's an evolution happening that's really started to take hold in a stronger way in recent years. It's a bigger conversation right. now. It's an actual conversation yes, now. Exactly. And people know that it's important. And people are starting to pay more attention to it. And there is a lot more that needs to be done. Because even when people say, I want to implement, I want to start doing a lot more data analytics, you know, they implement a product, but they don't really make the decisions and the cultural changes that they need to make to be able to really use that kind of a tool. And so a lot more needs to happen. I think you're right about that. And, and I think the other factor to it, um, it, it's costly. You know, if you really get in and jump into these things, it's um, the tip of the iceberg is you, you start to get, how are we going to do analytics? You start to look into those things and then it's, oh, it, lar it's a larger project than you would ever realize. So so that was going to be, a, I was going to lead to kind of a question about what, what do you think associations really need to look at and nonprofits really need to look at for the next two years more seriously than we feel like they're looking at right now? Like where's your, or, or continue to look at as seriously as they're looking at it now? What, what's, what's coming up that, what's here or what's coming up that associations and nonprofits really need to focus on? Well, for me, the first thing that comes to mind isn't so much a thing as it is a cultural change within the organization of analyzing what does technology actually mean to us and how can we really start to use it in a way that's really going to propel us forward in the future as we try to compete with all the commercial entities out there and everything that's happening, all the forces that are causing change within the organization. So for me, it's let's really start to reconsider how technology can shape us going forward and what that means to us as an organization in terms of our IT department, our IT resources, our partners out there. And yes, of course, the tools that we're using, et cetera. But it's a bigger thing in my mind. And to kind of dovetail on that, it's, um, and, and we've been talking about it for years in the association uh, arena, but it's technology having a seat at the table, that it's any department, any project's going to start, they integrate and involve technology or the IT department in the beginning, right? Having that in the strategic, at the strategic level, I think is a big deal. So, and again, we've been talking about it and I think we've made some inroads and we're, we're getting some inertia behind it. Uh, but 
but we still need more there. I still see a lot of organizations out there um, that, you know, technology is kind of a, a bit of an afterthought, even though the organization is run on a lot of these technologies from the website to, you know, commerce, et cetera. And I, 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 find, I find them often telling associations or telling association execs in, in the strategy section of what we do that, you know, six years ago, whatever it was, IT was an order taker. You know, that started changing. It, started, it used to be, what do you need? We'll go find you to something that'll do it. Or what do you need? We'll build it for you, depending on what it was. It was more of, tell us what you need and we'll fulfill it. And that's when we were uh, an operations unit. When IT, not Delcor, but when, I, when IT f- focused on filling operational needs and managerial needs of an, of an organization. Now it's a business unit. Now it's, what are you trying to accomplish? In order to fulfill our mission or in order to reach our business objectives, Tell us what you're trying to accomplish. Let us help influence the vision of what you're trying to accomplish and show you where technology might change that vision around the edges and lead to a different vision that we're part of defining with you. I feel like that's a main shift that the the most technologically innovative and driven associations and nonprofits are going through where those who still see it as a business unit and as an overhead unit aren't getting there. That's what I, that's what I feel. Totally agree. So, okay, so going back, long period together here, and yet we're still fresh. We're still fresh. What's the thing you're most proud of, thinking back, about what's been done? I mean, we started, there were, when when I came in, in uh, 88, right? I came in in 88, there were four people in the company, right? There was you uh, and a couple others and, and an office manager. Since then, what what are you most proud of? Wow, that's a hard one. I have to span 35 years to figure out what I'm most proud of. But I, I will tell you that I'm most proud of the essence of who we are and how we have shared values that have allowed us to grow up together. I mean, that's basically what happened, the three of us, right? I mean, to me, you guys are like my siblings. And we've grown up together. And because we have applied those values to the work that we do, we're here today. We've got an amazing team of people who work with us, who have our shared values, obviously. We've been here for a long time. Many of them have been here for 17 years, 19 years, 20 some years. I think that that's what this is all about, is having accomplished something where I've got an amazing group of people that I've worked with for the past 30 some years. And I would say because of those shared values, we've created this this culture within Delcor that's amazing. Um, where we hear time in and time out that staff love it here. That's why we have such longevity. And I think one of the other things is most proud of you know, the work that we've done for the association nonprofits out there, where we've n- not transformed them, but we've brought them along um, where technology could help them cover their mission and vision and things like that. So yeah, that, that's, that's what I would say most proud of for sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. You're right. It's really hard, right? Thirty years to say, "Oh, I'm most proud of," and then you then you feel like you've uh, inadvertently dissed the thing you didn't say. Like, I'm most proud of the people. Well, what about like you said, Brian? What about what we've accomplished with clients? Oh, oh yeah. Well, that too. Oh, well, what about exactly. the culture we've created? Oh, yeah. You know, that's and we do. You're right. We have people who've been here. Other people who've been here 25 years, right? Plus, so clearly, I guess that's the essence. You, you use the right word. The essence of what's been created has something that really works and and it's not easy to define but but it's there and and so 
you, you, I think you're right, Loretta, and, 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 and it's really hard to figure out what that thing is to be proud of, but it worked and we're happy. We're happy. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So that was an awesome conversation. Thanks for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun, and it just reminds me how old we are. Thanks for joining us out there. I hope you got a better sense of Delcor, something from our past, our present, where we're headed, a little about where the association community is headed. I'm Dave Coryell. Please join us next time for Episode 2 of Reboot IT. Thanks for tuning in to Reboot IT. If you like what you heard, please help us out by subscribing and giving the podcast a five-star rating on whatever directory you use. Reach out to us via our website at delcor.com. We'll see you next time.